Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome everybody to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about just culture. And this topic came up because of the Redonda Vought case. So we have all heard what happened to this nurse and we know that there are tens of thousands of deaths related to med errors annually. And we're seeing what's happening to this nurse. Now, while I won't go down that rabbit hole because all of the data in the case hasn't been made available, right? So I can't analyze it. I, I don't want to pass judgment without having all of that data available. What I am going to do is I am going to teach all of the listeners what Just Culture looks like, how to use it. I'm going to teach you how to walk through the tool. My hope is that we do not prosecute accidents and instead, you know, prosecute intentional acts. Um, Those are acts that should be prosecuted, not accidents. And so today we are going to walk through what just culture looks like. We're going to walk through the algorithm. This is a great tool to use uh, when you are doing fact finding. It's a really great tool to use all the time, but this is a great one that a lot of newer nurse leaders are not aware of. And it really helps make your job easier and it helps create psychological safety. So we're going to start off with talking about what exactly is just culture? Why do we need a just culture? It basically came out of something, a book that James uh, Reason wrote. And um, that book defines how we create a culture of safety for both our patients and for our employees, right? So we want employees to come to work and be safe. We want patients to come into our facilities and be safe. We want the care to be safe. And so just culture is a component of how we create that culture of safety. There's three other components that we're not going to talk about necessarily today. Uh, That's the reporting culture, learning culture, and flexible culture. But James says that you need to have all four components for you to have a truly safe culture, a culture of safety. Today, we're going to focus really on just culture because that is really what was at the heart of Uh, this case that was recently prosecuted and this nurse that was found guilty. So we know a couple things, right? We know that there's a very small percentage of med errors that are reported, period, right? The literature shows that only about two to 3% of med errors are actually reported. And so one of the biggest causes of that is because there's a lack of psychological safety. There's a lack of a safety culture. There's lack of reporting culture. And what we know is that When healthcare providers do not report these safety issues or don't report these events, not only can it result in physical harm to the patients or physical harm to other employees, it also results in a lot of mental harm, right? So these healthcare providers have this toll that's taken on them psychologically because they have to live with these things that are happening. And so we want to really avoid all of this by ensuring that our organization is one that has a just culture. Now this applies outside of healthcare, okay? So just culture doesn't mean that we're, we're only doing this because we're in a hospital facility. This can be nurse entrepreneurs, if you're listening. You want your organization to be one where we report errors, we report mistakes. We know that human beings have mistakes and mistakes are costly. So we want to be able to identify those and improve systems It is better for you as a nurse entrepreneur better for you as a nurse leader, wherever the organization is that you work in, if you have a just culture. So some definitions about what just culture looks like. In a just culture, in an organization that has just culture, 
they are going to recognize that people make mistakes. We're human and we make mistakes. We are going to recognize that even professionals can develop unhealthy normals. So an example of that might be ignoring an IV pump alarm because alarms never turn off, right? So that is an unhealthy norm that a professional nurse or a professional physician or professional any healthcare provider may adopt, right? Because it's just the system is not set in place for us to be aware. Just culture has an intolerance for reckless conduct. So if it is completely reckless, um, intentional, there is not a tolerance for there. So that is where the line is drawn. And we're going to talk about what the actual algorithm looks like and how you can help make decisions around how do you fix the event that occurred? Is it a systems issue? Is it a person's issue? Is it a disciplinary issue? Is it a learning issue? We're going to talk about all of that. Just culture also ensures that people hold themselves accountable. So they're going to raise their hands and say, hey, I made a mistake. How can I learn from this? How can an organization learn from this? It moves the culture from there's something bad happened. Let's just fix that one issue to identifying near misses when something potentially bad could have happened. And again, nurse entrepreneurs, it's for you too. What in your organization potentially could have gone wrong, right? Maybe you, making it up, had some kind of launch thing going on and payment processing was not set up or something like that. But at the last minute, you caught it. What system was not in place that you needed to identify and correct? And so this is going to help you with your team. It also um, examines errors visibly, right? So we're not shoving them under the, the carpet. This is not um, something that, you know, a few amount of people are going to know. We want these errors to be made known. We are not going to be saying who the error necessarily, who made the error necessarily, but we want to all learn from the error and then sit down and look at how we can prevent that error. And it's in a non-punitive environment, right? So we do not want to punish people for making any mistakes. We want to actually really learn from them. So the way that you, the leader, are going to set this just culture is by doing a couple of things. You're going to look at creating an open learning environment. You're going to look at having a standardized process to analyze those events and the incidents. And the standardized process is going to be the just culture tool. You're going to work with your staff, not by yourself, not in a silo, but with your staff to look at systems, to help design systems that are going to decrease human error and at-risk issues. And if something does happen, will help mitigate that effect. You are going to make sure you involve the appropriate parties and that you're holding people accountable for the reckless actions or repetitive human errors that are there. What staff are expected to do in a just culture is to really look out for risks, really look out for risks in the systems, in choices, making sure that they're reporting hazard, that they're reporting adverse events, and that they're participating in the analysis when an event does occur, being open, honest, not holding back because they feel safe. When we're using the just culture algorithm, there's a couple definitions that you need to be aware of. So when we look at variety of different outcomes, we can see one is called the system-induced human error. And so this is when there's either an inadvertent or some unintentional action that either caused or could have caused an outcome that you don't want. So that is a systems error, right? We need to fix the system. You could have an at-risk action, which means that there was a choice that was made by the individual and they either didn't recognize the risk or they believed that the risk was justified. And then there's reckless action, right? So I talked about reckless or intentional. This is when we consciously disregard some substantial and unjustifiable risk and we just do it anyways. 
And so those are going to be some of the different outcomes that we could see in Just Culture that the algorithm will lead us to. And then from there, we take appropriate action. There's a couple other terms that you're going to learn. Um, that algorithm I was just talking to you about, you will be able to find that at nurseleadernetwork.com forward slash just culture, and that will get you access to the tool as well. Some more terms to know is going to be a similarly trained peer. If you hear me say that, it means somebody who has the same license, same certificate, they work in the same department, right? So we're not looking at somebody who's in labor and delivery and somebody in critical care, ICU. We're going to be looking at people who have similar probationary periods, similar um, employment status, whether it's full-time or part-time, similar performance improvement plans, those kind of things. That person is going to be who you would base the substitution test on. So substitution test is another piece of this tool. And so when we ask another reasonable person, a similarly trained person, if what they would have done in that situation, if they say something different, right, then that could potentially be a problem. If they say the same thing, we're going to say, A similar peer drew the same conclusions, made the same choices, and facts available at that time made the decision to do whatever they're doing. We're going to be looking at the systems and places in that. So you're going to take your algorithm where we have an event or we have a near miss that has happened, and you are going to take your algorithm. And the very first question you're going to ask, the very first line on that algorithm is, were the actions as intended? So what does that mean? It means, was the outcome intended? Did the person intend to harm this patient? Did the person know the consequences of their action? If the answer is yes, we are automatically going to reckless action. And so things that we may say yes to is going to be if somebody's maybe sabotaging something, if there's patient abuse, if there's some type of fraud, um, somebody who knowingly gives like a lethal dose of a medication or uh, you know, something like that, that would be reckless action. Anytime that there's reckless action, the leader needs to handle according to whatever their organizational policy is. You're going to involve human resources, potentially labor relations, a union. Sometimes you need to involve law enforcement, right? So if there was some type of patient abuse, we are going to notify law enforcement. So in reckless action, that very, very first question, if it is yes, We're going to follow disciplinary guidelines based on your organization and potentially involve law enforcement if it's intentional. The next question, so let's say it was not intentional. The next question we're going to ask is, was there a suspicion of impairment? Was substance use or abuse involved? If it is yes, we want to find out, is it related to a medical condition? If it's not related to a medical condition, we consider that reckless. If it is related to a medical condition, we're going to say that that is at risk. So if it is reckless, again, substance abuse is going to be handled according to whatever that organizational policy is. There are times where we have to report to the board of nursing. If it was because of a medical condition, we may work with HR to look at, you know, is there some type of accommodation that needs to be made? Is there some type of treatment that needs to happen? Um, And so we're going to work usually with employee health, HR on that individual. So if there's action that happens, step one, was it intended? If it's yes, we have our HR policies. If it is no, we're going to move on to question two. Question two is, was there impairment? Was there substance abuse? Is it medically related or was it just substance abuse without a medical condition? Step three, so let's say, for example, no, they do not have a suspicion of impairment. There was no substance abuse. There was no abuse involved. We're going to go on to step three. Step three is, 
Did that individual knowingly violate standard operating procedure or practices? If the answer is yes, the next question we're going to ask is, were the standard practices, procedures, were they available, workable, intelligible, and correct? If we say no, let's say, for example, they followed policies, but guess what? Our policies are old because we have not updated them or they were inaccurate or there was the wrong you know, thing in that policy. If it was incorrect, then we're going to say, guess what? This is a system induced error. We need to look at the system and it is going to be super important to console the staff to conduct an analysis and to identify what those systems issues are. So if the person followed the operating procedure, but the operating procedure was wrong, that's a huge problem with us and the system. And we need to correct that. And we need to make sure that our staff are supported in that. If they did not follow the operating procedure, let's say the operating procedure was perfect. It was there. It was exactly what they needed to do, but they didn't follow it. We're going to move on to step number four. Step number four is the substitution test. Could another similarly trained peer draw the same conclusions, make the same choices, given the facts that are available at the time? So would the same person have seen those policies and procedures and acted the same way based on the information? If the answer is yes, that peer would have done the exact same thing that the other individual did. We're going to say that's a system-induced issue. Again, we are going back. We're going to do that analysis. We are going to consult our employee. If the answer is no, we're going to ask, were there deficiencies in training, right? Was this person not adequately trained on the procedure, on the policy, on what we were supposed to be doing? If the answer is yes, again, that's a systems error. Why did we not train this person adequately? If the answer is no, we're going to ask, did that person perceive the risk? If they perceive the risk, right? Let's say they weren't trained, but they were like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I am going to draw the, drill this burr hole in anyways. That's going to be a reckless action, right? They know they should not be drilling burr holes. That is not within the nursing scope of practice. But if the answer is no, let's say, for example, they didn't understand the risk, right? They're giving this medication. They had given it before. Um, this time it was asked to be mixed with something else and they didn't understand that there was risk. We're going to say that that was an at-risk action versus a human-induced action. If it's a human-induced action, substitution is passed. Again, we are going to look at how that system failed, what we need to do in terms of remediation. If they did not get trained, again, we're going to look at what we need to do to eliminate those deficiencies in the training. If there's at risk because they you know, did not perceive it, we're going to coach that individual and then we're going to take some, do some remediation to make sure there's no future risk. And if they fail the substitution test, that means there's reckless action. Then again, the manager is going to consider disciplinary action. They're going to follow their organizational procedures. Step five, after you've gone through step one through four, we're going to ask, does this individual have a history of a similar action? It's important that we consider this separate from the issue that's being addressed. If they have a no history of unsafe acts, okay, no further action. But if they have a history of repetitive unsafe acts, we're going to look at potentially disciplinary action, right? They didn't learn from the first unsafe act after we did whatever needed to be done to correct that. So to recap, in terms of what you would be doing as a manager, if you've gone through that workflow, and again, you'll be able to find that workflow on my website. If it leads to a system-induced human error, 
We are going to, if it's an individual, we're going to console them and we're going to talk about recommendations to prevent a recurrence based on the system. We're going to do that analysis, identify the system's issues. We're going to come up with some sustainable action plans. We want to develop safety nets and checklists and share learnings with the colleagues and other people. If it comes out that what the individual did was at risk, so not system induced, but it was at risk, we're going to coach and remediate the risk. So we're going to do some coaching, talk about role modeling, some mentoring, observations, real-time feedback regarding their choices. And for the systems in that case, we are going to identify systems issues. Some common ones that we'll see are going to be drift, right? So if there's a way to stop the drift from the way that nurses are handling things, we're going to give and take away. We are going to take away incentives for at-risk actions. We are going to create incentives for safe actions. We want to increase situational awareness. We want to decrease that tolerance for folks taking risks. And we want to make it easier to do the right thing, harder to do the wrong thing. And again, we're going to share that with colleagues and appropriate parties. With reckless action, again, this is going to be remedial or disciplinary actions. For the individual, we're going to handle it according to whatever that organizational policy is. Again, run it by human resources, labor relations. And then if it's intentionally malicious that don't result in harm or damage, um, we are going to be dealing with it, again, according to organizational policies. So basically, the outcome should not determine the factor. So just because a patient wasn't hurt doesn't mean we are not going to give the same level of disciplinary actions on a patient that was hurt. We want to really be mindful of the behavior versus the outcome for the patient. If there's systems issues in addition or parallel to the reckless action, again, we're going to do what we would do for the systems analysis. And sometimes you'll find that. Sometimes there was really reckless action, but there was also systems errors too. And so we need to make sure we're correcting both. Lastly is those repetitive actions. If they're repeatedly causing unsafe conditions, these you know issues are not related to the system. The system has been fixed. We are not in a broken system. We need to really think about disciplinary action. How can we best serve the organization and improve outcomes? Um, and again, this is going to be one where we want to involve all of the different human resources, senior leadership, leader relations. So that is what we have for Just Culture. That's Just Culture 101. You will be doing your fact-finding, which we will talk about fact-finding in another episode. But when an incident happens, this is one of the most important things that you could do to sit down with your staff, to share with them how you are examining and exploring the actions and what led you to the decision that you made regarding the actions that you had to take to remediate the issue. I hope this Just Culture has got you started on creating a culture of safety within the organization you're working for. Until next time, nurse leaders. Oh,